Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your son so that your son may glorify you. Just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me. Because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, happy Mother's Day. I hope you all have good Mother's Day plans. Um, I'll give you a secret on how you get to play golf on Mother's Day. You get your mom addicted to golf. And I have successfully done that. My mom loves playing golf. She called me two weeks ago and she said, guess what we're doing for Mother's Day? I'm like, what? She goes, we're going to play you club. I'm like, that's right. I win. This is awesome. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Um, This is the second week in our series Remember, the series is the three munera, the three duties of every Christian. Last week, we talked about the duty to be a priest. Every single one of us is called to be a priest, to sanctify the world, to set it apart, to make it holy, which might necessitate sacrifice, a sacrifice of your own life. This week, we're going to talk about your duty, your munera, to be a prophet or a teacher of the faith. Every single one of you is called to volunteer to be a PSR teacher. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but everyone's called to be a prophet, a a teacher in your own special situation. We get it from first Peter here, the first letter of the first pope. He says, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. So the first pope commanded all Christians and commands you. Always be ready to give an explanation. You know, the Greek word there is apologia, to give an apology for your hope. Well, we only know apologies in a negative context, right? Explain yourself why you did this bad thing. But apologia, an apology actually in the early church could be about something good. In fact, some of the early Christian writers, they wrote their apologies It was an explanation of the faith, not saying they're sorry for the faith, but explaining the faith. A famous example of this is Justin Martyr, who obviously witnessed at the end uh, to his faith with his death. That's why his 
last name is Martyr. Um, he wrote the first apology. You can look it up right now. It's written in 150 AD. Just put Justin Martyr, first apology. I, I quote it often in, in homilies. And so we look at First Peter. If you're called to be a prophet, if you're called to be a teacher, and Peter says, always be ready to give an explanation of your faith, then first we must realize that our faith is reasonable for the reasons for your hope. Give an explanation, apology. In fact, the word in there is logos, which means it could be word or could be reason. Give a reason for your faith. We do not believe that there's a divorce between faith and reason. Just as we don't believe there's a divorce between our bodies and souls. It's a very Catholic idea. In fact, another definition of Catholic, we know it as universal, right? It could also be the great both and. As Catholics, we're both and. We recognize that there's a, a unity between body and soul. And so we also recognize that there's a unity of both and to reason and faith. They do not contradict each other. That's important. Because people will want to separate faith and reason. They'll say, reason's over here, science over here, and then faith's over here, and you have to choose. And we say, no, because <laughs> God is truth. He is the Logos. In the beginning was the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, which also means reason. There is a reason for our faith. That's step one. Two, uh, make people ask. Think about it. Listen to this. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asked you for a reason for your hope. How do people ask? Why would they ask? Because you live your life in a way that makes them ask. They, would, they, they should see you, interact with you at your job, at your work, in your conversations and be like, hmm, what, what church you go to? Why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? Why are you charitable? When the world is kind of going crazy and you're real nice. Like, what is going on here? Make people ask. And also live a life that will not cause scandal. Because we can say with our words one thing, but if we're not living it out, we can become a scandalon, a stumbling block. That's what scandal means. It means to become a stumbling block. So if we say with our words something and we don't follow it up, then it actually pushes people away from the faith. So live an attractive life, a life that will prompt people to ask about your life and about your faith. St. Peter says, keep your conscience clear. Have a clear conscience. Actually live out what you're going to preach. Some mistakenly think this means uh, because, you know, St. Peter says, have a clear conscience, have, uh, you know, live your life so people ask about you. Some have this idea that we only should live our life as a Christian. They'll know we are Christians by our love. And so therefore we don't have to say anything. We don't have to preach. We don't have to use words. You've heard the fake quote. You know what the fake quote is? Preach the gospel always. And when necessary, use words. And people say, St. Francis said that. Wrong. He never said that. I don't know who said it. But sometimes people think, and especially us as Catholics, other denominations do not struggle with this, but we do, you do, that we don't want to say, we don't want to uh, speak the words. We're like, oh, I live my life. People will know I'm a Christian. Because... Exactly. They'll know you're a Christian. And then they're going to ask you questions. Can you answer them? Right. I, there's, a, there's also another phrase that I really dislike. The two things you should never bring up at dinner party, religion and politics. 
Those are like two important things, right? Like, like politics are pretty darn important. Why not? Why can't we talk about politics? It's because we've lost the art of having conversation and disagreeing. We can, you know, we can disagree and not hate each other. In fact, that's kind of part of the process of growing and understanding the truth. And religion, another thing. See, this is probably a lie from Satan. Don't bring up in polite conversation religion and politics. Because Satan doesn't want us to know the truth. He wants us to hide and be scared. No, I say it's the opposite. Bring up religion. Make Thanksgiving dinner awkward. (laughs) Mother's Day dinner. Bring it up. Tonight, we must speak about our faith, which means we must know our faith. See, we can only speak about things we know about. There's a lot of people who speak about things they don't know about, both in politics and religion. But we need to know our faith. That's the third point. Do work. So you have to actually work, like care about it. Like, try to know about your faith. The whys and not just the whats. And that's a big difference, right? Because a lot of us can say, well, this is what the church teaches, but we, do we know the whys? And I'll particularly say this. Work on your blind spots. Know your blind spots. If you, if you have a particular uh, teaching of the church or part of scripture or, or what have you that you know you need to learn about, go find it out. Work on your blind spots. It's kind of like whenever you're working out, right? I do CrossFit. CrossFit, you're supposed to work on your weaknesses. You know, a lot of guys, this is, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, you remember when guys would skip leg day? They'd skip leg day. They don't like squats. And so they're just like, they're huge up here. And then you look down, they got little bitty like skinny chicken legs. It's like, we call that, they skipped leg day. Okay. <laughs> don't skip leg day with your faith. My point is like, you might like love talking about Mary, and you know all the stuff about Mary and Mary, and you're, and you're like beefy up here with Mary. And then you don't know how to d- defend the Eucharist. Don't skip leg day. Get a full workout. Know it all. Because people need you. You know, I, I did a crowdsource thing this week. Uh, crowdsourcing is whenever you, you go on like a social platform and you ask a question, you get responses. So I tweeted this. By the way, my, uh, tw- uh, my Twitter handle is fr underscore quizzical. Okay, Uh, and the top thing is Father Brad struggling with his golf game, if you want to find that. Okay, so I said, okay, so my homily this week is about apologetics. Can y'all give me some real life situations y'all have been in where you need to give an explanation of the faith? What doctrine in the context it came up in? Go. I got a bunch of people wrote me back. This is this will jog your thoughts. What do you need to know about? And if there's something that someone brings up here, I'm about to read their responses. Maybe you need to go and search that up because someone might ask you. Okay, so Haley, friend of mine, she said, LOL, you, this is a situation, you at Benny's Bar in Hammond with a guy who was questioning the true presence of Christ in the sacraments, and he told you that you weren't thinking hard, hard enough about it. That happened to me once. This guy at a bar was like looking at a priest. And he goes, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, give me another beer. Let's go. That was a fun night. Um, Joe Torres, friend of mine, he says, in the context of conversation with my family, my Protestant grandma once told me that she could not imagine going to confession with the priest. Can you, like if your grandma asks you or your friend or your coworker says, 
Why are you going to confess to a priest? You know what? You know that you should, whether you do or not. But do you know why? Is that a blind spot? Well, then go look it up. Caffeinated Stewart, who's a youth minister. This, these are awesome. So her, her youth group kids bring up. Youth group, group, youth group kids ask, why can't women be priests? If aliens could be baptized, if aliens exist, and if you can pray Satan out of hell. But guess what? Y'all are all youth ministers, basically. We all have young people in our lives. Could you answer the question, can aliens be baptized? Not the most important question, but it is interesting. Someone might ask you that. Is it a blind spot? P.J. Burke said, the problem of evil and the meaning of suffering every time someone dies unexpectedly. We all are in that situation. Can you even approach speaking about it? Kellyanne says the church's teaching on IVF when a friend is struggling with infertility. These are real situations. Do you know not just what the church teaches, but why? And if you don't, here's what you do. With doctrinal issues, you get a book of apologetics. Apologetics, remember the explanation of the faith. There's entire books written going through the doctrines of the faith and going through scripture and giving a reasoned explanation for it. My favorite is Rome Sweet Home. It was a Presbyterian minister who started reading the early church fathers, Scott Hahn, and then he converted to Catholicism because he read the early church. And he goes through the doctrines and him and his wife's story and his family has become Catholic. Rome Sweet Home. Or here's a, here's a key. Catholic Answers is a good website. If you just go Catholic Answers and go look up your question, there will be a good answer, most likely. And another tip, if you type in a question about scripture or teaching of the church or something, always put Catholic at the end in the Google search. Because there's so much stuff out there, you want the Catholic answer. you got to make sure when you're looking it up. Here's some YouTube uh, channels. Bishop Barron, Father Mike Schmitz. These are two guys who are creating YouTube channels entirely about apologetics or how to answer questions about the faith, how to explain them. Like, you have to do the work. Catechism in a Year by Father Mike Schmitz, where you read the catechism in a year. That's literally learning. Or come to I Thirst Thursdays or stuff we present. Next, always be charitable in your interactions. So St. Peter says, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks for you a reason for your hope, but do it with gentleness and reverence. But be ready for pushback. Keeping your conscience clear so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that be the will of God, than for doing evil. So basically, St. Peter is saying, hey, guess what? When you do speak, when you do live your life that people ask questions and they ask you and you answer them, sometimes they're not going to like it. And that's okay because you've already done it with charity and reverence. But you're going to be a prophet, remember? And people don't like prophets. They don't. People kill prophets, even to this day. We think of prophets as people who tell the future, right? Oh, yeah, this is going to happen in the future. Generally, prophets mainly just tell the present. They just say, guess what's happening right here and what shouldn't happen? And people go, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to kill you. 
We did it in the Old Testament. They did it with the Lord himself. They did it with the apostles. They do it all the way up until now in our society, right? Think of people like Martin Luther King who are pointing out the evils of society in a Christian charitable way. Boom! Oh my goodness. That thing exploded. Be present tellers, not just future tellers. Expose the truth charitably. That's your call. You are called to be a priest, to lay down your life as a sacrifice, to live your life in a way that makes the world holier. You are called to be a prophet, to know your faith inside and out, to be ready to teach and answer the questions of the world. Next week, we're going to talk about how you're called to be a king.